Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. You're listening to The Real Down. Sponsored by Catch Photo Release Tournaments. This is your premier tournament source. Here are your hosts, Sam Jones and Dan Barry. Welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to The Real Down on Paddle and Finn Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Jones. Got my good friend Dan Perry here with me tonight, as always. And in addition to that, we got none other than Cody Milton in the house. The legend. Yeah. What's up, You can't have the audience going there. Right? <laughs> what is going up, man? How are you? I'm good. I'm home. You know, it sounds like I might be home for a few weeks, so it's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Some things back to normal here, so it's been nice. Right, right. So we'll talk a bit about what's going on in the world right now. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about what's happened over the last week with you, our last couple of weeks it is. Um, and we'll get into some other stuff as well. But before we kick this thing off completely, um, a big announcement to make. If you haven't listened to the other segments or if you didn't watch the uh, the go live on Monday night, I think it's on Monday night, right? Yeah, Monday night with Brian on the OG show, we made a big announcement. Um, and I'm pretty excited about that. So, you know, for a little over a year now, uh, I've been on the Angler Expert team, and uh, it's been an awesome, awesome tool for me, and it's been a great community for me. They have a tremendous app that is so awesome for you on the water and off the water. One of the best things about the app, though, is something that doesn't get talked about a lot, is the community within that app. So that that app has a feature or a section called the feed. It's also available on the angler.com website, but that feed is jam packed with amazing content. 
from blogs to vlogs, uh, YouTube, podcast, articles, all kinds of great stuff from the fishing world. Heavily, heavily dedicated to the kayak space, but there's also some really great content from the other um, parts of the industry as well. Well, big announcement to make is Angler, if you haven't heard it already, Angler is partnering with Paddle and Finn. Paddle and Finn's partnering with Angler. And we are going to have all of our content now available in that feed. So if you haven't had a chance, go out, download the app, create an account. It's completely free. You can get the bullseye. Um, if you've never heard of that or seen that, we'll talk a little bit more about that, I'm sure, um, as the uh, as the show goes on. Um, but the app itself is free. That community experience is completely free. So go download that. It's just another way to great get our content, um, and it's another way to get even more content from other creators like Paddle and Finn. Uh, so really awesome stuff there. So go check them out if you haven't had the chance to. Whew, now that I got that out of the way, let's talk about another angler expert, Cody Milton. So Cody just wrapped up two big events. The Bassmaster Classic, um, you know, in conjunction with that was the first ever kayak uh, series event from Bassmaster on Logan Martin. And directly from there, you traveled to Lake Fork, where you uh, you kind of did OK. You did OK there at Lake he, Fork. Um, he did you know, OK. You know, you did all right. Yeah, you did all right there. So, um yeah. We want to talk about both those events tonight, and uh, there's some a lot of interesting things that are going on because in the middle of that is uh, this outbreak, this pandemic, whatever you want to call it, uh, that is uh, being revert, referred to as the coronavirus or uh, is it COVID or COVID-19, uh, whatever it is, is happening. And then also while you're at Lake Fork, there's a huge event you know, something called Major League Fishing. Maybe people have heard of it um, going on there as well. And you've got uh, a bunch of guys on the water doing that and a bunch of spectator boats. Uh, so I think this is going to make for a really awesome podcast. I'm going to shut up now and kind of let uh, Cody tell us a little bit about this. So let's start with Logan Martin, man. Uh, tell us about that experience. It, man, it was really cool. Um, I mean, I, honestly, I mean, it, I had a pretty brutal day on the water but the whole week there was actually a whole lot of fun um i was i was kind of one of those guys that you could say was worried about having 250 guys go into 16 ramps um yeah. actually like sam like the place i saw you i absolutely crushed them there i, I crushed know. them where i saw you and i was like you know there's gonna be a bunch of people there and i mean i guess there was but you know the winter still kind of came out from there so I, after that, that was the only day I launched on the lake. I mean, I ended up doing um, a seven-mile float one day, and I did it like a nine-mile float the next day and another seven-mile float the following day. Um, so I chose to get away from everybody and just – I hit like – I was able to hit like a ton of eddy currents, which when the water was normal was like a lot of fun. We caught a bunch yeah. of – like we caught a bunch of like 16 to 19-inch spotted bass. Like I don't think you could have like – cracked 90 doing that but you could have really had like you know you'd have been in the 85 range pretty easily um but yeah then i like get to my ramp at the dam and as you saw it's six foot high and i'm like oh. almost turned around at that point but i didn't um but i didn't catch a fish till 130 either so God, yeah, actually, what, it was pretty cool um 
I was going in. There's some ponds down to like the left end down there uh, below the dam. And I ran into Christine Fisher. And I was like, yeah, I mean, if you want to keep going, you know, might as well keep on drifting down, you know. And so she <laughs> she did. Yeah, because it was brutal. Like if you were that high up on the river, it was so much higher than yeah. if you were kind of on the main lake. Like I'm, I'm talking mm. several feet higher. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like it completely changed more up, uh, upstream. But um. And yeah, I, 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 I had fished it the Saturday before, and it yeah. was super high, too. And it, it wasn't, you know, maybe it wasn't as new where that much water, like it wasn't the first day after the giant rain. So yeah. maybe, even though it's still really high, because whenever I went there a day of the tournament, I was like, well, it's high, but maybe it's okay. Because the Saturday before, whenever I fished it, it was kind of almost that bad. So, yeah, it's yeah. it's hard to know. Yeah, it's interesting because other parts of the lake, there was very little fluctuation um, from from northern mid lake all the way down. But yeah, like you guys were talking, up in the river was crazy, and then everyone pronounces it differently. But Chocolato or Chocoloco, who knows? Chocoloco, Chocolata, chocolate milkshake, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Uh, that was raging as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the guys who we're going to launch there. Most of them didn't. Um, and then some guys that did launch had to get rescued, I guess, or at least right. taken to another ramp I heard, uh, because it came up so much and continued to come up throughout the day, which is crazy. Um, but yet you, you were able to find some fish. Uh, you said, even if it, it took you till one thirty, yeah, you were was, able to put some fish. I in the boat. Yeah. What was crazy was I could have done it all day long. It was, um, mm. It was the same spots, like it was little baby creeks that had eddy breaks on them. But like in practice, you know, I could crank them and hit the bottom in four foot on those drops to the main river. Well, that turned into eight foot, and like I wasn't even able to hit it with a DT10. Right. And like, and I didn't catch a fish cranking that entire like event, like not during the tournament. But it was so we started throwing three quarter ounce spinner baits and just holding yeah. them in the current. Right. Never even turned the rod handle just threw them in the current and held them. And those spotted bass just came up and smoked them. Like it was, it yeah. was dumb. Like I would have loved to have known that by like nine o'clock or something. Yeah. That's and crazy. There, 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 there was so much yeah. debris in the water too, that oh, it would have. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, I can imagine, you know, you were talking about throwing that crankbait and you was like talking about how the, the water came up. The first thing that came to my mind is like, you guys had like at least five mile an hour current. So oh, yeah. that crankbait yeah. would have just been washed right up anyway. It was, it was. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. That's insane. Yeah. So, um, you know, you said uh, that you caught him after I saw you. Um, that's funny because we had loaded up and I was kind of like hanging out there at the ramp and I'm like, man, it's dark. Where, where's Cody? You know? Oh, so <laughs> you were you were out there just jacking them, huh? Yeah. That's I, I, funny. I caught all of them on a, a big old blade bait, like a three quarter. Yeah. Blade bait. Nice. Yeah. You I know, I. I had I had had a good a decent well not a good but I had had a decent day of practice there you know I I caught a limit worth of fish off of one spot and and caught some others um, and I was gonna go there but like you I was so worried about it being jam packed yeah. uh, that I didn't and sure enough like most of the top people who <laughs> came they all came from came out so of there fish yeah, yeah. I mean I know that. That was a school of 100 to 250 plus fish. Like, yeah, there were. Just what I had seen was. Yeah. And, and but, so speaking yeah. to that, like on the on the one dock where I caught my limit of fish and I left, I mean, I side scanned 
through there, you know, across that dock a couple of times and down scanned. And I, I it literally looked like somebody like sneezed fish onto the screen. You know, it was, yeah. it was crazy. Um, so yeah, you're right. I think they were just, they were just funneling in there. Um, and even out there off that one point, as you go into it, where that, uh, those pillars are, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. there was just tons clear of fish. Yeah. yeah. There was tons of fish stacked on that uh two days prior to the tournament um i didn't see any size there but uh there were a and, bunch and, of fish stacked there and that's why whenever we had talked about the tournament beforehand i thought the lower end it's got more fish but generally it's smaller fish and so you know it's the people that went up uh, who who knows i mean they did good that was the day the weights came down and those yeah. little bit smaller average fish played and the guys down south did great you know yeah so you finish in in the money there. You get in the in the twenties. Come home. You get to take a check. You're already signed up for Lake Fork. You head straight from Logan Martin to Lake Fork, I'm assuming, or did you make a stop at home? Yeah, I stayed I stayed home till my first day on Lake Fork was Wednesday morning. But granted, I'm only like to get to the north end of Lake Fork, like Running Creek area. Man, I'm like three hours and 50 minutes away like i've spent a lot of time down there um nice. it's, it's not that far yeah so now i came home for a couple days and just pretty much hoped that everything that happened at that hobie had flip-flopped and it did right you know, it was like it did. you just like how that tournament went down at hobie like that time of the year you rarely I had never spent very much time in the that part of the lake during that time of the year. So it was yeah. I was honestly really hoping that everything flip-flopped and for the most part it really did. Like I know they were like all the MLF guys were on Athens today, but right. yesterday like you saw I felt like you saw those guys that stayed in really staying water on the north end do better. Um yeah. and the guys that just chose to sight fish for four straight days. Right. I mean it was kind of, you know, a little bit of both of that, which well, the cool thing about having that dirty water on Lake Fork for this tournament was your spawning fish were a lot shallower. Yeah. Um, and that, depending on where you were, made it where you were the only ones that could get to them. Um, yeah. Because, nice. like, I was paddling 30 and 40 yards into a foot of water to get to several fish that I had. Wow. Um, and and was that part of the strategy too, to stay away from oh, the MLF absolutely. guys and, and and the spectators and all that? Absolutely. I mean, I never, I mean, like I said, like I mean, I've been on Lake Fork since I was 11 years old, and I mean, I knew every creek I wasn't going to go in. I mean, I may not right. have known the ones I was going to go in, but I knew the ones I wasn't going in. And, Very, that's and important. I, eliminating. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and I chose to not go into that glade and the little canies and. You know, the thing like those northern creeks that have a ton of grass and always have, you know, big spawning bays in them. Yeah. Um, And I mean, in return, like I really didn't see that many people that I caught an 832 during the tournament. It was like 22 and 75. And that fish was there on Friday. Um, There were several MLF guys that came in and tried to catch it. And um, neither one of them caught it, fortunately, which I mean, it still ended up going like straight back. So I don't know if it would have (laughs) mattered. Right. um yeah but yeah that was pretty much it like a couple guys tried to catch that fish like in particular and they couldn't really they could see it but you really couldn't get the angle to it and like it was the first of like two other six pounders in the next 10 yards that they really couldn't even see 
So that it was pretty. It was very fortunate little area. It really was. Nice. Wow. So what's your uh, what's your betting bait of choice? I don't think it matters. I mean, okay. man, I really don't. Um, I've, I've caught, I know for a fact in like probably 2009 or eight, I caught the same seven and a half pounder on fork three times in two days. Yeah. They're like all, all on the same bait, you know? Um, and it, like with these fish in particular, they're so pressured that just changing from like a watermelon lizard to like a white lizard wasn't really going to do anything. Like it was totally the fact that I'd hit them on the head for 30 minutes with the right. same rage. Just drug. taking them like off. Like that, that's solely what it was. Um, and, and it's like, and I mean, I mean, I've always said it and it's true. If you have a bed fish that's going to stay on the bed, that's a catchable fish at some point. Yep. I mean, you just got to stay you do, yeah. I mean, it's taken me four hours to catch some bed and fish. But, like, if that fish will actually stay there, like, it will get irritated enough to bite at some point. Yeah. In um, the low-light conditions... Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. So it was kind of, it really was a perfect storm. Like the water fell out like six inches and we had low light. So yes, I could barely see those fish the day before, but you pull six inches down, they stayed there and it was low light. They were still pretty visible. Like, Uh, you know, it was kind of like, I know that screwed up a lot of people and maybe some of my other areas on the lake, it probably would have, you know, messed it up more, but that area didn't because it was, I don't know, it was a little, it was deeper there. Like boats couldn't have gotten there, but boats could get closer to those than they could in my other areas. Gotcha. So was, was the wind a factor at all for you? It was, um, and I mean, in, in kind of in a negative context to a degree, right. um, all week I was catching my fish on a buzz bait. Um, I was catching a hundred inches on a buzz bait, 90 inches on a buzz bait, like no problem. Um, but I was catching bedding fish on a buzz bait, which like, I really don't huh. ever do that much other than on really pressured bodies of water. But a lot of my fish all week were coming, throwing a buzz bait, you know, 12 to 15 times over a bed and it finally coming up and hitting it. But it was so calm that morning. Like I caught a fish, caught a fish like first cast. In second cast, I threw in there, and that big one rolled over it, and I never got another bite on a buzz bait from a bedding bass. Uh, I mean, I ended up catching plenty on a buzz bait, just like looking for other ones. Um, but it wasn't like earlier in the week when those fish had first pulled up, they were. Those females were coming a long way to eat stuff. No. They really, really were. Yeah, and you but, saw that. Yeah. You saw you that did. live on MLF yeah. as well. The guys were cracking them on frogs and buzz baits. Yeah. Um, you know, doing exactly what you're talking about. Instead of fishing, fishing underneath them, fishing over the top of them. Um, and then Saturday, that just really didn't play out at all. Uh, very consistent with you know what you're talking about and your bite. Um, so I, I love this dynamic and I made a post in the, uh, the Bass Nation group. I said, you know, who else is watching MLF just looking for kayakers? Um, 
Because I was, I was. I mean, I watch MLF anyway, but I was, I was really looking to see who was out there on the water, because what I wanted to, what I wanted to see was how that interaction was playing. You've got, you've got the MLF guys competing for their livelihood. You got the kayak guys competing for their livelihood in some cases, like yours. Um, and you know, how does that play out? I really didn't see it a lot. I saw a couple kayakers in the background, really shallow. Um, but I didn't really see any other interaction. So maybe you can kind of bring that story to life for us. Like what was that interaction like with the MLF guys, you know, before, during, and after the tournament? Um, so there, yeah, there was a few good ones. If you did, if you must've missed live for a little while, cause there was, a, there was one really good one. I, I won't yeah. I can't watch it all day. Okay. Yeah. I will no. bring that one to light, but, um, there, there was, a there was some that, uh, I know James Watson, for example, he was really fired up that we were getting that much attention. And, you know, and I thought that was really, really cool. Like, you know, he yeah. was really fired up that we that we did have an event at the Classic, that we were here. Um, so, I mean, that was cool, you know. And I know a lot of those other guys, you know, like, I mean, there were several people. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I won't name people, but, you know, there's certain people that were just like, yeah, I mean, there's like zero respect for any of these people, and I mean, I mean, I've, I mean, obviously, all parties probably feel the same way. I mean, it's not like when you pull in a spawning creek or a spawning pocket, it's not like it's rocket science. You pretty yeah. well know the best spot of it, you know, and they yeah, know yeah. It, you know it, you know. So yeah. it's like there's not much like you're both going to the same spots, you know. And like, you're you're going to be upset no matter who's in there, whether yeah, it's another boat or a kayak, so. So how do you handle that, right? So for maybe someone who's new to the sport and hasn't hasn't experienced this yet, they're going to yeah. at some point. Um, the spawn seems like it's going to be a little bit actually more delayed this year. Um, so far, what I'm seeing weather-wise. So for people who are coming up on that and that may experience that, what what do they do? Man, it's sometimes. I mean, I try to be vocal to the point you know that I need to be. Um, I didn't have the, the only MLF person I saw on Saturday was Kevin Van Dam, and he probably didn't get more than 100 yards from me, and he was fishing the wrong side of the bank and didn't catch a fish. So yeah. I didn't have any problem from from MLF guys at all. Like I mean, the, like I said in practice, a couple guys tried to go catch that eight pounder, but um, that was you know that was it. I mean, I kind of I mean got out of their way, obviously. But I mean, man, other than that, it's just. I try to, in being someone that came from a boat, I feel right. very much under the under the belief that you really you really have to give you have to give way to the person that has the most in it. I mean, I know mm-hmm. in this case yeah. it wasn't us, but it almost always is us. Right. People don't realize that, but most of the time when we are on the water, we are fishing for the most money. You know, right. but in this case we weren't, you know, and I don't know how that would have been for me personally this weekend. Um, had that situation other... came up, said, yeah. say you and Kevin were both wanting to fish for that same bedding bass that you both no, found in practice. Just, and yeah, you're, 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 you're in a one day event versus yeah. um, multiple yeah. rounds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's very, you know, I know the only other time I've really ran into it was when John Cox won the uh, FLW on Wheeler. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I never had anybody around me then either. Um, but yeah, no, it, I hate it too. Like I, you know, it, it bothers, it bothers the fire out of me. Uh, yeah. because I mean, I do know what those guys are fishing for and I know they got a lot more on the line than we do. 
right um, yeah it's a tough one it really is yeah but at the same time we talk about they've got a lot more on the line right but but at the same time right you you got it's not really comparing apples to apples either on our scale this is a huge tournament right, right? And this yeah. is one that it, not only from a prestige standpoint, but it's a big payday. It's a big payday as well. And, it, and it, you know, it's early in the season. It's going to help fund your season, um, especially for anglers like yourself who are really doing this at that quote unquote pro right. level. So, um, yeah, I feel what you're saying 100 percent, though. You know, you you kind of you lean towards the person who who's got the most invested. Um, yeah. But in this case, it would I agree. It would have been tough for me as well. Um to you know give up a spot or or a fish like that um and i think dan you know you said like it's a multi-day thing so hey you've got more opportunities i don't today's my day you come back tomorrow and catch this fish uh that's on this bed so but uh very cool so well everything works out great for you i mean you got this awesome trophy sitting behind you which is amazing good Uh, lucky trophy too yeah you, you you take first place you you walk away um with uh with a bassmaster trophy which is amazing um you know i i can't even imagine what that feels like uh now you're double qualified for next year's classic um so talk to us a little bit how are you feeling you know what's what's it like man i still i still look at pictures like every day you know i mean right? um I mean, I, yeah, I mean, obviously I'd be on fired up. I mean, it was Lake Fork has meant so much to me over the years in general. Like, I mean, it was like for me, winning a tournament in Florida or Texas is the ultimate thing. I mean, Texas or Tennessee is really big, too. But like that's that's the three big for me. You know, it's like Tennessee, Texas and Florida. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah, like, it seems like getting it done in those those states means more. I don't know. I, it could just be me. But um, yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um, I, I still am beyond, you know, I'm at a loss for words. I mean, I really have been, um, that lake, I mean, that lake's phenomenal. I mean, it's like, and I've said it, I've said it several times already this week. Like I had honestly never seen a tournament set up better to be in a kayak than it was this week. I mean, we were at such advantage of those guys. Like, I, I think they, like, what was winning on Saturday, 52 pounds or 54 Yeah, it wasn't, yeah, it, it oh, wasn't I great. Mean, it would have been, it would have been so easy to break. Like, I mean, you could have smoked it from a kayak. That's I mean, awesome. It was, it was dumb. Yeah, so, I mean, it was that, and, like, that being new to me, like, I'm more, I'm so much more of a deep water person. And, like, mm-hmm. being able to pull the troll motor up and go into 8 and 12 inches of water and catch really quality fish. Like, that was big for me in general. It really was. I mean, not just winning the tournament just for a whole year. It, you know, it, it helped me a lot. That's awesome, man. And there, we had asked the people on the last show, and you've done great in these single-day events and multi-day. Do you have a preference? Do you, if, if this is a first year and maybe they're going to make some changes next year, would you like to see Bassmaster go to a more-than-one-day event? Absolutely. I mean, you okay. know, the, the more days of fishing you have, the stronger patterns hold. You know, um, you know, like three, four days in the national championship, you always see the strongest things hold. You know, just like we were talking about on Lake Fork yesterday, you saw the north end of the lake hold. So it's like, when, you know, when you're around the most fish, like that's 
you want it to be longer because you know you have a better chance of someone, you know, throwing a crane bait and covering a lot of water and getting five bites, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I love having those three and four day tournaments, but on the flip side for this event, no, I would have, I loved the one day tournament. I mean, I couldn't, I, I couldn't have went and caught a hundred something inches. I don't think, um, yeah. my other water that was protected from boats was like 94, 95 tops, you know, maybe a little more. Um, so probably, probably would have been close then. huh? It would have. Yeah. Pro- pro- probably. Yeah. Um, uh, I actually had more fish over there. It was just a lot more four pounders. Um, they weren't nearly as big, but. And Very yet, cool. we're talking about that buzz bait. Is there a certain one that you favor over others? Do you have like a heavy cover, more of a cover one than an open water one? Or <laughs> Sam's smiling let, over here. He already knows. Let little juice, man. Little juice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, the, the finesse series uh, accent, Jacob Wheeler. Buzz yeah. Bait. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and I caught, I don't know, I caught like a 22 on that this week, a 21 something. Got a lot of good ones on it. Dude, uh, I don't like so I, many 18 inchers. Like I caught yeah. so many 17 to 18 inch fish on that that thing. Like on Saturday, I didn't use any of them, but I did catch quite a few. It's ridiculous. I mean, you would think like a buzz bait's a buzz bait, but I I just don't get it. like. There's two baits that blow my mind, right? And this is gonna sound like a sponsor yeah. plug. So warning, it's gonna sound that way, but it it really isn't. So <laughs> there's there's two baits I just don't understand. And it's that Jacob Willer, specifically the finesse. Both are great. Yeah. Yeah. The, the original is, is amazing with a frog yeah. on it. Um, but I love throwing the Jacob Willer finesse with a miniscrub is the, is the trailer that I most use yep. on it. And I just don't understand why it gets bit so much more than other buzz baits. I mean, I'm not saying you can't get bit on another buzz bait. I have, you know. Yeah. Um, but it, it just catches fish. And then Wicked Weights... Another company that I obviously represent, we have a, like a little tungsten underspin, right? There's others out there look like it. There's others that almost look identical to it. But it, for some reason, just catches fish anywhere I go all the time. <laughs> I don't know if it's just a mental thing for me or if it is actually something about the design. The only thing that I can say is like the way the blade um, comes off, the, the pitch to the angle of that blade is a little different than others. I, I, I don't know what it is. So yeah. what do you think? Do you think it's a confidence thing? Do you think it's a it's a sound thing? Like it, what makes these these baits so much different than any other? Because I'm so I think I think it's a couple things for me. Um, so they're only they're only a five sixteenths buzz bait, yeah. um, which is I mean, it's lighter than most. It's kind of like the size of like most finesse jigs or something. Um I can land them way more subtle. Um, mm. And it's like, especially like short casts. Like if I was like really like short fishing, like a three, eight spinner bait or something like I caught a lot of fish on a buzz bait within 10 to 12 feet of my kayak this week. Mm. Uh, and a lot of that was probably just with really, really subtle presentations, you know, in between that short distance. So for me, it's some of that. And it's a lot of it's man, it's really good on big grass flats too. Like, I mean, you yeah. can totally burn it out there. Like, I mean, you can throw it a long ways. You can skip it really, really good. Cause you yeah. have a skirt, but, um, yeah, I actually like, I found the original first. I mean, I love mm-hmm. the original. Like I've had a lot of like 50 to 60, you know, fish days on it, but 
No, when I travel around, the finesse one seems to be a lot better. <laughs> it really does. Yeah, uh, I, I smoked them on lacrosse up there every time well, we went yeah. last year. Just teared them yeah. up, tore them up on it. Now, see, Accent yeah. is Indiana-based. They're out of Indianapolis. Yeah. They're, you know, they're right here, home for me. Um, so, you know, I've been I've been around it for a long time. So I love, you know, hearing other people. And it's really nationwide. It's, it's just been a cash cow for so many. You know, Jacob Willard yeah. just smoked them. Um, you know, and won won a Bass Pro Tour event on a uh, on an Accent River special, uh, his his signature series. Um, but so that so that's interesting to me that you know that you did that. When do you when do you start busting out the buzzbait? Like what water temps? Because you have maybe what sixty to sixty five there. Yeah, so like fifty five or. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal develop high-quality, technically sound products, and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Yeah, it was more like... Um... I mean, we were, I mean, I was catching a lot of fish in the fifties on it for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it was, it was definitely more of, I mean, Kentucky Lake three years ago, um, I was on a really good buzz bait pattern with like, you know, 56 to 57, but I mean, I mean, it's 52 and above, you're going to see some really good fish come from it. And if they, if you get by, bit on it, it's going to be a really good one too. Right. Um, so you're not going mean, to crack them on it, but. Yeah, you, you may not if... catch a ton, but you're going to really get some really big cruisers. And you start to see cruisers in February. You know, right. it's not about, like, the water temperature as much about what the fish are doing, you know. What you catch, like, a really sunny February day, like, you have fish in three to seven foot of water, you know. Um, which, you know, will come up and, you know, be fairly aggressive. So, yeah, I mean, for me, I don't know. The, I remember the coldest I've ever caught them on is probably, like, 51. I was on a tournament in Dardanelle on the Arkansas River where I remember the big bass being caught on a black frog on 48-degree water. Yeah, and I remember it being so cold that I had gloves on and was throwing a shaky head on a spinning rod. Like, I remember it being horrible, but yet we came in and big bass was on a frog. How, so, yeah. How did you decide be- to do that, though? Like, what, what made you think, okay, it's 48 degrees, it's cold, I can barely feel my hands, I need to throw a frog. I don't know. You don't know, <laughs> you just yeah, tied know. it on, picked yeah, it up. Yeah, we were throwing, like, rattle traps and speed traps, you know? Yeah. So, uh, okay, all right. Yeah. I, it's just intuition sometimes is all it is. Yeah. You can't, you can't, it's nothing planned, right? So, interesting. Well, let's let's talk a little bit, uh, speaking of planning, let's talk a little bit about planning. You, uh, you are a master i think at uh, prep it seems like you just you always come into you always come into a tournament really knowing what you you're going to it seems like you've got a game plan before you ever get there um you know or or at least have identified where you need to start um you really do it well do a job good job of that i can't talk tonight um so i know dan wants to talk to you a little bit about yeah <laughs> about this part of it too because in addition to having a great game plan you've got you've got a really awesome setup yeah tournament setup like you you're you've got the you've got the rig 
outfitted. You've got this awesome new kayak that we want to talk to you about. Um, so, so let's talk a little bit about that and some of that preparation that you do and, uh, kind of what you're outfitted with. Yeah. Let's, I mean, if you don't mind, let's start from the top, like your van. Uh, We launched together at Logan Martin and you just kind of blew me away. Like I've seen it online and, and you're somebody who does it so often that somebody who's really worked out all the kinks and you have everything for kayak fishing for you figured out, like, tell me about that van, man, that the van, cause when I I thought, Oh, he's got this van, you know, and and that's cool. But then whenever you launched your boat from the van, like you backed it all the way up to the water that that's when you had me. Well, that's badass. So tell me, tell me about the van. Is that, do you camp in there and the whole deal? Uh, you know, I do. Um, we've, I've put it like we're a, a Murphy style bed on the side of it. So it kind of like it lays, it recesses on the side of the wall, but it lays down over the top of the kayak. Um, like just with a perfect amount of clearance. Um, I actually fitted it for like a pro angler, but it works perfect for the new canoe as well. Um, but yeah, no, it's pretty sweet. Like, you know, it's, I'm able to get up so much later than people because I stage everything the night before. Like, like, as soon as I touch the water, everything's ready. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not really looking for anything. Like, I mean, like, I'm hooking a battery up, and that's the gist of it. Um, I mean, other than that, you know, I mean, I may put a couple rods up, but I try to not really ever have that many rods sticking up. But, yeah, I mean, other than that, no, when I shove off, we're pretty much game time. Yeah, well, maybe that's a big deal right there, just getting a little bit more sleep, being more prepared, you know, just the mental kind of clearing clearing out your mind of having things to be worried about, you know, obviously that's working for you. And now you've recently, you made a couple of changes. First, you went to Westbrook. I think everybody knows about Westbrook and Lana just outside there, you know, great company. They're doing a lot of things. And you went to New Canoe. And the thing with that, and... I think kind of the big growth of the store sport and everybody's looking at with Bassmaster coming on board. There's, I, I think there's this big transition happening now in the motors. I know it to me, I'm in a Titan and I'm like, how yeah. do I put it down tight? How do I put spot lock on that Titan? Like yeah. I, I, I need to figure this out. So, you know, just seeing some things that you could do with your kayak spot lock sitting on points. Tell us about that and how it's changed how you fish. I mean, it's, you know, in, in the two, in the two tournaments that I have fished with it, and it's not, I've had a spot lock for, oh, 2012. Um, I've had a spot lock, I guess, for almost eight years now. So, I mean, I'm not new to having a spot lock. I am a little new to having it on the kayak. Um, yeah. And I did have one three years ago. I wasn't, I feel like it was kind of a little new for kind of the technology of the boats and motors and things. Um, but now, man, it's been really, really good. Like at Logan Martin, I was fishing little small creeks that had eddy breaks on them that were, you know, six, you know, you know, five miles an hour current ripping on them. And I was spot locking on them and staying right there. I can't um, imagine a more, a more perfect scenario for that than oh, fishing yeah, up river really during that was, event. Yeah. yeah and, that, and that was kind of one of the reasons I kind of like. I gravitated that way, maybe, you know, that and I knew I wanted to get away from people, but I mean, in this event, like the lake, the Lake Fork event, it was kind of the opposite. Um, I don't know if I've even really said it that many, I don't think I've said it on a podcast yet. My motor actually blew out on me during that tournament. I ended up paddling for a long way. Um, It tripped tripped a breaker. It wasn't like the motor. Mm. It was actually just a breaker. So I, I was able to get out there, but I ended up paddling almost, I guess, 
close to six miles. It was a pretty good lower. Yeah, it was a long way. Do you have extra breakers now for the boat in the boat? I think I'm just going to bypass the breaker. <laughs> I think I'm just going to either, you know, that's what I'm thinking. Um, I've I, like upgraded the wiring. I think I'm just going to bypass the breaker. Okay. We'll Interesting. And why, why, why the pursuit? Well, at least in that situation, you're sponsored by New Canoe, obviously. Yeah. And having a pursuit, it's a great paddling boat. So even though you had to paddle, not that, and you had a great paddling boat to do it in. Why the, why the pursuit? over the the frontier 12 uh recessed rod holders um that was the biggest thing because for me when i like prep my when i prep my kayak the night before i put six rods on each side of me um so i'll never take more than 12 generally i'll try to take i'll try to take eight you know somewhere in there um which is pretty cool i only had five rods with me on saturday it's the fewest rods i've fished with in probably two years I mean, it was like I had a Cinco, I had a Buzzbait, and I had like a, you know, an eighth ounce Rage Bug, and I mean, that was, I had a punching rod, too. I'd caught a really big fish punching, too, but I, knew I, didn't, I didn't really want to do it. So, why, what is it about having those rods in those recessed holders like that versus, say, you know, setting up a black pack to carry four to eight rods? Um, so Vertically. I mean, for example, yeah, I mean, like this weekend, I fished out of the back of my boat the entire week. Mm. Like my my net, um, I mean, I know you are probably familiar with the pursuit. My net was on the back end of the kayak. Like I, it was setting where my battery was. All the rods were down, and I was flipping out the back of it and netting all the fish out the back. Huh. Um, I mean, I've, I've seen you do. Case. I've seen you do that, yeah. and I've seen Garrett yeah. Brundle do that, and, and yeah. others. Um, that's personally not. There's been situations where I've been on the water where I'm like, man, I really wish I could cast out the back. But do you intentionally set up that way, or do you just like having the ability to do it? In this situation, it was really, really nice because I was able to get closer to the fish without having more kayak closer to them. And that was like a big game changer because you've got a whole lot more a boat on the front end than you do a boat at the back end. So being able to stand up on the seat and fish off that back end, I was closer to them without without having boat closer to them. Um, right. And, and you've got that sight fishing yeah. scenario. That's why you're standing up on the seat. And... Yep. Um, so that was the reasoning in this situation. Um, I wouldn't, I mean, obviously I wouldn't always want to do it because generally I would have a foot control you know, trolling motor with, you know, a bow mounted trolling motor and be going out the front. But yeah, it was really nice being able to get closer to them without giving them more, you know? So. Yeah. So it, is that how you do it? You do it with a wireless foot control rather than the hand, the hand. Deal? I, so I use both. Um, I think it was like two years ago. You're able to use both. Um, which in my first one that I had, you couldn't use both. It was just either or. So um, that was like another like new modification they've made that's been really really good. And is that part of the reason for that that pursuit is having that open deck space in which you it can is. have have that foot control? Yep, because when I had when I had my first one, I actually had my seat over the top over the top of my tackle. Yeah. Um, I had it over the top of my tackle, and I would just like reach under me to get my tackle. Um, I haven't done that yet. 
but I might. Uh, I mean, we'll see. Like, I, I kind of want to go to the cooler thing like Derek Brundle. Um, he's got a pretty sweet setup with that, like being able to keep the, you know, tackle under him. So Interesting. We'll Interesting. Yep. Okay. Okay. Very cool. So when um, – when you're when you're going into an event, right? Uh, kind of backtrack here a little bit. You're going into an event. How do you how do you prep for? How do you put together your game plan? Let me ask it that way. How do you put together that game plan of like where? Because you don't you usually practice what three days? That's pretty much your average. Uh, yeah. Two and a half, three days, yeah. right? Um, I know this about you just from following you and and being at events with you. So what, how do you kind of formulate that game plan? Like walk us through what's day one, two, and three look like for you. Extremes and then refine. I mean, that's pretty much the, the, that, that's the MO. I mean, whatever that kind of like shapes down to for like whatever time of the year it is. Um, but I mean, that, that's essentially what I'm getting at. Uh, you know, we're like, we're trying to find out like, yeah, I mean, like take, or for Logan Martin, for example, you know, your big extremes where you could fish in the lake and you could fish way up the river. Um, some answers in between that. It always is. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, you know, before you get there. Yeah. Um, you know, and Fork was the same way. Like, you knew the south end really, really played because of better watercolor two weeks ago. But on the other hand, on the other hand, you knew that the north end of Fork is where the majority of bass have always spawned on Lake Fork. And it was like the water, like the water color and the water temperatures like varied so much from all of those areas. Right. I mean, it's like, I mean, it's, I mean, it's about seeing those extremes, but it's also about finding that happy medium that you're okay with fishing. Like, cause I mean, you can push a rattle trap pattern in 58, you know, 60 degree water. You know, you can push a side fishing, like side fishing pattern in 58 degree water. You know, so it's like it's kind of somewhat about finding what you want to do and maybe kind of run that across the lake. Um, you know, things are I mean, things always work, you know, across a pretty wide range of watercolors slash water temperatures. But it's kind of like getting something you're comfortable with and finding where it works. Nice. Very yeah. good. Cool. Definitely have it figured out. Uh, it's just it's just my theory. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good theory. It's a good theory. And uh, it's, it's interesting. Today, I recorded uh, me and Alan Reed for, for our podcast, Use Your Kayak Bass. And we recorded with a um, um, sports psychologist. And we talked a lot about routine and, you know, finding your balance and finding out what makes you tick and understanding that. And, um, you know, a lot of the conversation that we had, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you talk and I'm thinking back as I'm listening to you on, on some interactions I've had with you and, um, you know, just seeing you and following you in the sport. And, you know, you, you really do seem to have that mental side of the game down really well. Um, you know, we've all had our moments, right? But you're a very consistent angler. And um, a lot of times when you see those really consistent anglers that are at the top, um, you know, they don't always have to be in first, second or third, but, you know, always, you know, in the race, always have their name um, at the top of the list. It's the mental side that really comes yeah. down to it. You know, of course, you know, there's there's skill and, and will, but that mental side is so important and you really seem to have that. What do you contribute that to? 
man, probably. I mean, honestly, probably by seeing a lot more money won in the last 30 minutes of the tournament than the first 30 minutes. You know, mm. I mean, I mean, it sounds crazy because you hear everyone say it, but I mean, last year, for example, I can't, I can't remember if the first one was Gunnersville, but it was something like four or five tournaments in a row. I had had over a three inch coal in the last 15 minutes. Like, and it started with like that nine pounder I had at Gunnersville, like that 24 incher. And yeah. then it was like, I had a 19 inch spot at uh, Nickajack and it was just like, it kept happening. And it was just like, you're never out of it till you're really out of it, you know? And it's like so many of these tournaments end up being so, so close. Um, it's hard to stay in it for eight or nine hours. I mean, it really, really yeah, is. Yeah. Like, you know, if for one, like you get a limit and you start fishing really lax, like that's easy to do, you know, where the, the exact opposite of that, you can kind of get a limit and start fishing really, really aggressive, you know, and yeah. try to really move up. And it's hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. I don't know. It's, Dude, it's, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. And, and, that, and that speaks to me because that's something that I really need to work on because I do. I get I, – I, I'm – I'm so into prep and study and research and putting that game plan together. But on tournament day, when something goes wrong, I can deal with the first one or the second one. But by that third time when it's not happening for me or I make that third mistake or, or whatever it is, I start to unravel a little bit. And Logan Martin, that happened to me. You know, I wasn't getting fish in the boat for whatever reason. I got off the water like an hour and a half before the tournament ended. Yeah. I get off the water. Uh, I'm talking to uh, Mike Tiedemann at the ramp. Poor Mike. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if everybody knows what he went through prior to that tournament. But, um, you know, he's hurting and everything. So he's got a good excuse to get off the water. My only excuse was I was just ticked off and cold and wet and decided to get off the water early. I load yeah. up the kayak and the sun comes out. And you guys were out there catching your best fish of the day in that time. You know, oh, yeah. it's and so that's so that's so key and i hope people listening are taking that away like you're really never out of it another great example of this the, yeah. the opposite of my example ought to ought to today oh that was unbelievable wasn't it final yeah. day final yeah. day of mlf he's sitting in what like fourth fifth place uh they're all really close in the 32 pound range and the guy pops off 30 pounds in less than 30 minutes and, and blows everyone out of the water and never moves off of his spot. Um, the, I could do a whole podcast about what he did in that 30 minutes. It's just awesome. Um, I learned a lot from that. The guy was having people literally, he was asking people to come run over his spot with a motor, which is amazing to me. I've never seen anything like it. Um, but, uh, you know, this is another example of exactly what you're talking about. That last 30 minutes, and he won a hundred grand. You know, um, had he, you know, given up or mentally got out of it, that could have could have meant, you know, him going home with what 10 grand. You know, yeah. so 
um, that's huge. That's huge. So I commend you on that. And I, I hope listeners take away how important that mental side of things is. Um, because not only are you a great angler, but you just, your mental game is so strong. And I, I have to ask, I don't mean to, to guess off track, dude, what is that behind you? Is that an old dog that you got stuffed or a coyote, a black coyote? Uh, yeah. uh, there's, there's a black, it's a black coyote. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm well, seeing this thing back there. I'm like, what? What's going on here? It's kind of yeah. got a a smaller nose. I couldn't tell what it was. It's a little bit of everything. There's you got a animals in here. Whole wall of death going on there. Yeah, it's like 37 or something. They're and those those are all your kills or what? No, they're not oh. all mine. All my roommates are. Uh, they're all about like me. They're not fishermen. They're more hunters. So. Gotcha. <laughs> Yep. So, so tell us, tell us a little bit about home life. Let's get to know you outside of, uh, let's get to know you outside of the tournament, uh, world and the, and the, and the bass fishermen. So tell us a bit, a little bit about what you got going on there at home. Yeah. So usually when I'm home, um, my, my parents own a, uh, like an investment company where it's like they manage like an ice cream shop and an outdoors company and t-shirt shop, like all on the same like they're literally all three next door with like one office in between them all. So I, nice. I like I usually go in there like on Monday and Tuesdays. Um, it's all kind of been shut down <laughs> for the last week or so. so yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So honestly, no, I've not done like anything the last two days. I was, I went out to the lake for a little while today and just kind of messed around, but um, we'll probably do the same thing tomorrow. I've got a little lake that turns on pretty early, so I'll make go check it out tomorrow. But, yeah, it's uh, this next sixty days will be kind of weird. We'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see it's crazy. Goes with all that, but yeah, it's been a it's been a relaxed and you know very restful couple days, which has been nice. So. Yeah. So you bring That's up the sixty days. Let's uh, let's talk about that real quick. So for those of you that may be listening to this uh, in a few months or or in a year or two, watching this on YouTube or whatever. Um, right now, uh, we are going through something no one, uh, on this planet has ever seen before. Um, it, you know, and, and it's, what are they referring to it as COVID-19, the coronavirus, whatever it is. Um, you know, and so much, not that we've not seen a disease like it before, but we've never seen the reaction, uh, that we're getting there. and we're not going to get into the politics or, or any of that. That's not, this show's not about that, but I think it is important to talk about the fact that this is, there's something major going on and, and make sure we reference it. Um, but yeah, KBF, FLW, major league, like all of these entities have suspended tournaments, um, uh, moving forward after basically after this weekend. Yep. Um, which is which is nuts. Guys who, who spend all of the fall and winter prepping for their season and and planning out their 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 tournament trails and where they're gonna hit, that's all up in the air now. You know, on the back side of this, nobody knows where things are gonna land, what tournaments they're gonna be able to fish, what they're not gonna be able to fish. It's gonna make everything interesting, and we don't know. It could last longer. It could be shorter. Um, but for now, we know that it's it's 60 days, um, and that things will try to be rescheduled. Some may, some may not. It's going to be really interesting because some of these events are going to be stacked on top of each other. Big events yeah. may land on the same weekends. You're not going to get away from it. Um, so it's going to change everybody's games quite a bit. 
um, their seasons quite a bit. And, uh, you know, I don't even know what I'm doing, let alone to, to even begin to think how they're going to play this stuff out at, from the organizational level. Um, but with that, what are you going to do with 60 days, man? Like, are you going to, are you going to still fish? Are you going to, you going to try and create your own tournaments? Like what are you going to do at this time? It, it, it seems like there's several people that are trying to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there, there is. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to join in on that or not, but right. uh, no, we've got, uh, we've actually had quite a few. It's actually been kind of crazy. I'm a guide on the Little Red River in, uh, in Heber Springs, Arkansas. We've actually had a lot of calls over the last few I years. I bet. So um, I'll be guiding a decent amount. Like, I know the first of April, I'll be pretty busy. So may try to push that along a little bit, but um, man, at the same time, I just, I mean, I've kind of been enjoying it. I kind of want to go back down to Texas. There's a lake out in West Texas. that's kind of been on fire lately. Um, so I may go back down there and try to. West Texas, like the, Fort Phantom, like out that way. Yeah. Like more, uh, you know, a couple hours like West of Fort, like not super, super out there, but a little, a little, little ways out of the Metroplex for sure. There's only so much water out in West Texas, you know. That is true, yeah. I lived in Dan zeroing in as we speak. No, I, I'm not he's going on, to go out there. He's point. I was stationed in Abilene for 30 years. There's not that much water. Yeah. That's okay. funny. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, I really, I mean, somebody like you, you're, you know, you're on everybody's top five. You, you do this for a living. At least you have. Usually, like you said, you have a little bit of something you can do in your off time and you got for somebody like you, this affects, you know, in our industry more than any really more than anybody else, pretty much. So it's a yeah, it's a tough time, really. You know, our, our thoughts going out to you and everybody else who's being affected right now. It's it's tough. Yeah. And just remember, try and stay positive, you know, use this time to, you know, spend more time with your family. This is a weekend that I was going to be gone. Now I'm going to have a whole weekend with my family, um, you know, and your friends, spend time with your friends. Obviously, no more than 10 people, of course, Um, you know, don't get too close. Um, But, uh, you know, I I think uh, there's a lot of positive that can be found. This is a great time to just kind of take a breather and take and just relax um from the grind for a minute you know do some prep do some motor work or some you know rigging or whatever it is and and get yourself prepared because when it does come back it's going to be balls to the walls uh for a lot of guys because these tournaments are going to stack on top of each other or they're going to be canceled and right now everyone's saying we're going to postpone them so get ready um and uh, you know, listen to a bunch of paddle and fin in your downtime. That's right. You know, get caught up. Um, yeah. uh, check out Angler and uh, all those great things, and find some great content. Um, and what, what one other thing I wanted to ask you, Cody, is uh, being somebody who's you're you're at the top of the kayak fishing game. I mean, you you, you yeah. just are. Uh, do you have any goals that you can share with us? Like you've done so much now. What what do you have career goals in the kayak industry? Do you see if you came from a boat like I did? Do you see yourself going back? What's what? What are you thinking? Great question, man. Um, for me this year, I mean, you know, in all honesty, I mean, not to have, like already fulfilled goals, but I wanted to win big tournaments. Like that was a big yeah. thing that, like, I mean, I'm sure y'all know, like, I've kind of lacked in for a little while now. Like, I've had a lot of third, second, and fourth place finishes. Um, not that I haven't won some at the right times, but it's been a little while. So it was, um, you know, went like. 
targeting a little better fish was really bigger for me. Like that was one thing I wanted to do a better job of this year. Um, but no, I mean, other than that, like I want to, you know, I really want to make it to the POC for the Hobie and I really want to make it in the 10 for the uh, KBF. Um, and I actually haven't even fished a KBF tournament this year, so that's pretty hopeful. But it's like you said, right. you know, a lot of things are going to stack up in the end this year, and a lot's going to change. So yeah. um, I will, I will be there, and I will be fishing them, and you know, it, we'll see, we'll see how it works out. Well, What's you're up? you're building up a nice little, you know, a kitty to go and fish those at the end of the year right now. So yeah, yeah. And uh, I want to be respectful of your time, but um, also I want to hit something real quick because you just kind of reminded me of it. We have this um, thing, you know, with with everything that's going on with the with the disease and and everything or the disease, whatever virus, whatever you want to call it, right? Um, the KBF has canceled the Pro Tour, uh, converted all of the events um, to Trail Series stops, and just completely got rid of the uh, Pro Tour Championship. I know you're someone that was on the Pro Tour, planning on fishing Pro Tour events. How do you feel about that? Is that are you bummed out about it? Are you excited about it? I uh, I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, you know, for last year for me it was really good, you know, because it was almost it was kind of more of like almost a buy-in, like you know, I was yeah. able to make a lot of money on that last year. So I mean, it was, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it will hurt me some, but it won't, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's not that huge of a deal. I, I think them. I think KBF backing out and doing just a trail trail series tournaments with that is really going to be big. I mean, honestly, it's going to help me because I'm going to have a lot better chance to qualify for the 10 and angler of the year and things like that. Um, Cause I know a lot of people were going to, we're going to struggle to be able to make enough KBF events. Um, right. Cause so many tournaments feel fall on the same day, you know? So it was yeah. like, having more KBF tournaments helped a lot in my opinion for me. Yeah. Personally. I yeah. agree. And for me, it was a little bit of that. And it was too, like, I, I love the conceptually love the idea of the pro tour, but you really still had to be focused on the trail because a lot of the prestige and yeah, well, the money and yeah. yeah, is still there. Um, and so it was actually kind of a relief for me yeah. to see them do that. So, yeah. Um, and I totally understood where they were coming from. I mean, they've already are stretched thin at KBF limited resources and, and, you know, now with this all on top of that, um, yeah, it was, it was probably a good move and that was before everything even further developed. Um, so, uh, probably a great move for them, um, as an organization. And I think for most anglers, it was uh, a better move as well. So cool. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that, um, as well. So, all right. Well, with that being said, Dan, you got anything else, my man? That's it. Thank you for being on show, Cody. Good luck. I'm sure we'll probably talk to you again later this year. And you, you and your family, be safe, man. Thank y'all. Yeah, y'all as well. I, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Um, yeah, take a second if you'd like to uh, yep. give a shout out to anyone and plug the socials if you'd like. Man, so. new canoe. Like it's only it was my second event with him, but it was huge. Like that high rise seat made a world of a difference this weekend. Um, Motor got XI three. Um, that spot lock and pinpoint, you know, GPS accuracy was unbelievable. Um, and it wouldn't even been possible without Dakota Lithium, you know, 100 amp hour batteries and being able to go 21 plus miles. You know, it's just insane. Like that yeah, wouldn't wow. be possible five, ten years ago. 
So, like, it's really cool stuff. Fish USA, I mean, they towed me around the country last year, and, you know, we're continually off to a good start this year. So, um, in accent fishing, like I said, like, it, it, I thought I was going to be able to make it happen this week with it, but um, maybe next, maybe the, whatever the next week is. A lot of season left. Yeah, a lot of season left. Yeah. So, awesome. Yeah, thank you all. I, I really enjoyed it. I appreciate it. Yeah, no yep. problem, man. Anytime, no problem, man. man. Thank you. Congratulations on all the big moves and uh, look forward to following you throughout the rest of the season. And uh, we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll have you on again to talk about another great victory. So thanks Sam. All right. No problem, man. Thanks Cody. In wild country rules were not created by man. Don't miss wild country Wednesdays from seven to 11 PM. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Whoo! Yeah. Cody Milton. Yeah, he's he's just on a different level, man. It, and, and anybody's list, he's top five. He's amazing. He's living it. He lives it every single day. If he's not fishing at a tournament, he's out there. He's guiding. He, he lives it, and it shows why he's so good. Yeah, absolutely. He, uh, He's so good at prep and he's so, he's so calm, cool, and collected all the time. You know, he's, he's never one that I feel like is overanalyzing or anything like that. And, uh, it's just, it's, it's been awesome to not only, you know, be around him on the road, but to watch his, his whole journey, definitely a fan of his. And, uh, man, I think he would, I think he would kick butt no matter if it was kayaks or bass boat tournaments or whatever. So, um, but yeah, a lot of great insights there and, you know, we covered a lot. So I hope, uh, everyone took some notes cause, uh, there was some knowledge dropped for sure. Yeah. And here, let's go over the, the rest of the finishers there. Let's do uh, it. You had Cody at a hundred and a half. Uh, Dan Krispinski, excuse me, 97 and three quarter. Uh, third was Chad Dagley, 95. Jeremiah Smith at 94 and three quarter. And Lance Burris, again, who just got picked up by Bonafide. Congratulations to him with 95 and a, and a half. And there was a lot of other tournaments that went on. Uh, first, you had Natural State Kayak Anglers, their kickoff fundraiser on Beaver Lake, had 49 people. And for a three-fish limit, first you had Baron Meek with 62 and a quarter. That's right, three fish, 62 and a quarter. That was a, a mega bag there. Uh, Jason Cowan with 59 and Kyle Long with 57 and a half. Uh, another tournament, five-fish tournament, you had the Clarksville Area Fishing Group on Lake Barkley, 30 anglers, five fish. Uh, Thomas McCord with 70 and three-quarter. Jim Rodriguez, 68. And Rob Mixon with 65. Uh, also, you had Southern West Virginia kayak anglers, had 43 people. This was a two-day tournament where you could fish anywhere, any public water in West Virginia from 7.30 a.m. Saturday to 9 p.m. on Sunday. This was These were all 14 March. Uh, first, you had Joe Farley with 86, Aaron Brown in second with 81 and three-quarter, and Brad Richardson with 67 and a quarter. Next two other ones, you had Queen City kayak bass fishing, and this was in con- conjunction with the lake norman hobie tournament this one had it's a local club they had some you know double dippers who both went hobie and queen city this ran by Vinny. we had on show not too long ago great guy 132 anglers four fish limit they do i think the only club in the country that does it 
First, you had Marcus Smith with 72 and three quarter. Second was Melvin Yang with 72 and three quarter. They had same. I guess it went down to Big Fish. Third was Chris Grant with 72. And these numbers are stacked right all, all at same spot. Like um, Tyler Smith and fourth with 71 and a half. And Cameron Saxon with 70 and a half. And then at the Hobie BOS, same time, uh, former national, KBF national champion we had on not too long ago as well, Kurt Smits. Kurt Smits. Yeah, I believe he got third. We had him on. He got third at yeah. Sem- the Hobie on Seminole. On uh, a second, tear. Yeah. Second, Melvin Yang, 173.5. Cole Clefman at 171 and three quarter. Ryan Lambert, 171 and a half. And Jeremy Clefman, I guess the, their brothers, maybe, family members, uh, 169 and a half. So congratulations to all of them. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of, it's definitely getting to be that time of year where there's some big numbers starting to show and some good weather. So as yep. long as Corona doesn't stop <laughs> all the tournaments, it's, it's the right time to be out there. Absolutely. I mean, I wish we could get some of that good weather here in Indiana, man. It has been cold, windy, and rainy like every day. I'm, I'm excited tomorrow because it's going to be in the 60s, and it's supposed to be rainy and 20-mile-an-hour winds. But I'm still thinking about going fishing just because it's the warmest weather I've seen uh, yeah. since I've been home. Man, I wish we could get it. I do want to take a second, uh, give another shout-out to Kurt. You know, obviously, we would have had him on this week had we not already just had him on. You know, we want to want to share him with some of the yeah. other people. You know, he's on another show tonight um so but yeah huge shout out to kurt on that episode you know we asked him what his goals were and uh it was angler of the year and the toc for hobie and he is uh he's doing it he's 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 doing it you know what i'm saying so he's got a win he's got a third place he's right there in the mix he's a strong um candidate for that um I don't know if candidate is the right word, but uh, he, he's in the mix and, you know, he's doing exactly what he set out after. So I just want to give him kudos and shout out uh, for that as well. So, Kurt, if you're listening to me, man, awesome job. Keep grinding. Keep getting it done. I, I would like to know now that he's done so well, does that push him out to going and trying the, what is it, Delta tournament out? And is he going to try to make a run out there and go yeah. do that? To, yes. So- that's a that's a great question and then how yeah. does everything play out with this uh this whole you know virus pandemic uh craze that's going on you know um i had to pull my toilet paper roll out of the kayak and bring it in the house mm-hmm. um you know my backup it's uh no <laughs> um, but yeah it, it'll be interesting to see how everything plays out and, and and who who can overcome you know with uh with what's going on so yep for sure so, yeah everybody be safe out there absolutely absolutely thanks for tuning in and listening to another episode of the real down we don't have uh, much in the way of upcoming tournaments uh we're gonna talk about how we're gonna proceed um surely there's gonna be some local stuff going on that we can cover so uh stay tuned and we'll let you know on the next episode uh, what it is we're gonna do moving forward through this uh crazy time so anyway thanks for listening guys we'll catch you on the next episode of the real down on paddle and fin podcast Thanks for listening. Where are your PFDs? Go check out the website, guys. Paddle, the letter N and fin.com. Also check out YouTube, youtube.com forward slash paddle and fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest, feel free to email us at paddle, the 
letter N in Finn at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We're doing giveaways, announcements, things like that at Facebook and Instagram at Paddle and Finn. Shout out to our show supporters, Rocktown Adventures, Loveland Canoe and Kayak, Hammered Lures, Fish Mob Lures, TRC Covers, Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com. You can put the Paddle and Finn logo right on your catchboard. Don't forget to go over and pick up your Jig Masters jigs. Use promo code PNF20 and save 20% today. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. It helps grow the audience, helps others find our podcast. So please drop a five-star rating in on the podcast platform you're listening on. Don't forget about the recycled plastics program, you guys. Take your used plastic baits, put them in an envelope, mail them to the address in the show notes. Our man Eric Richards at Hammered Lures melts those down, makes new baits, and donates them to various chapters of Heroes on the Water. You're listening to the Waypoint Podcast Network, brought to you in part by HuntStand the number one hunting and land management app. Oh, that's awesome. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.